now. All right, so I think we are starting, or at least it's starting right now because I hit the button. So I'm just going to do the intro. What is going on, everybody? So Randall Thor 19 back again for a surprise Xbox 2 podcast because we weren't supposed to be doing one today. But Jez is like, surprise! yo, we need to do one. So we're here. I'm Rand, and with me as always, Jez. What's going on, Jez? Hey, man. Just back from vacation. My God, I had the best night's sleep of my life last night because I had the longest day of my life preceding that, and then I needed a lot of sleep. So I slept 14 hours last night, so I'm absolutely buzzing. Usually when I do these podcasts, I'm half dead. So I just thought, you know what? I'm going to use all this energy (laughs) have a podcast with Rand because for once, I ain't tired. Yeah, like, uh, there was a big storm in northern Germany yesterday, which meant all the trains were delayed by 40 minutes. So I missed a load of trains, and consequently, it took an eight-hour journey took about 12 hours. So that was fun. But yeah, hit the beach, ate some ice cream. So the beach was good, and the ice cream was even better? Yeah, man. Uh, Pumpkin cheesecake as well. First time having that. That was nice. Pumpkin cheesecake? Is that even a real thing? I don't know. This restaurant did it. Like some sort of harvest harvest period special or something. Mm. But it was nice. And uh, I had several of them over the week. Because so I kept going back to the same restaurant because it was so good. But yeah, that was that was my week. No games. Didn't take any... I didn't take my Switch with me or, or my 3DS or anything like that. I think I played Monster Hunter Stories on, the tra- on Android for a bit. But that's it. What have you been doing, man, this week? Man, well, I wasn't expecting to do the podcast with you today until yesterday when you hit me up and you're like, we need to do the podcast because I'll be back. And I'm like, what? We had told everybody (laughs) not to expect one. But yeah, I mean, what about... I did, I mean, yeah, we'd said because you you were going to be gone. Um, Well, surprise! Yeah, (laughs) you were going to be gone. So it was like, all right, well, now now you're saying like, you know, we, we could do one. So I was like, all right, cool. So I didn't really prepare anything. You could tell at the notes in the in the Discord. Uh, yeah, I didn't really. Uh, oh, the lack of notes. <laughs> the lack of notes. So we're just gonna have to wing this podcast. Uh, oh, spe- speaking of Discord, by the way, guys, we have we have a Discord where we organize our podcasts. But if you guys would like be interested in chatting in there and stuff like that, let us know on Twitter and maybe we'll open it up and add some public channels and stuff like that. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, if, you, if people want to join, that, that'd be fine. I mean, we, we built it to do the podcast. I mean, if anybody who actually wants to join the Discord and talk to like-minded gamers, you can definitely do that. Um, but yeah, so Shady says, are we talking games this episode or just sales? Man, Shady, where you been? We always talk games. That's the first thing that happens on the show, the games we've been playing. You know, that's... I mean, not like, not like other shows, you know what I mean? Like... I'm saying like this podcast <laughs> actually plays games and talks about them right away. But before we get into all of that, if you guys uh, wouldn't be so kind to hit the like button if you're enjoying the show or share this out on social media. I don't know if you heard, Jez, but YouTube really angered a bunch of content creators today. I mean, it doesn't affect oh. me whatsoever because I'm nobody at all. You know, I'm, I almost have 30,000 subs. Nobody. In the grand scheme of things... But- <laughs> If, if you, right? it, well, first of all, that's not true, and second of all, is it ever the case that YouTube isn't pissing off its content creators? Yeah. You... <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let, let's hear, let's hear the, let's hear the why, why they're pissing off their content creators. 
well, they're removing the verification marks. Oh. So if people well, how, have... how am I going to know? You know, that's a bit messed up, actually, because there, there is a channel on YouTube that literally rips Windows Central's content. Frame, like, they, they just rip the videos and re-upload them. And they, like, get ads on them and stuff. And we have to, like, go through, do all the manual copyright stuff and blah, blah, blah. And then they can issue counterclaims. And it's so annoying. So if they're stripping the verification tag, that kind of makes it harder for us to make people aware that it's our content or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 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 Stupid mm-hmm. YouTube. Stupid, Stupid YouTube. Stupid Google. Taking the, uh, taking the check marks away from people. Not that I have a check mark, but... My feed on you on Twitter is all just people complaining um, about it. So people are Rip. saying that uh, you're twice as loud as me. Interesting. Twice as loud? Oh, that, okay. I'll turn up my um, my mic on OBS then. Let me turn that up. Yeah, a like bit. if you if you look at the the bars flipping up and down on OBS, you should be able to balance Ooh. them out. Okay. I mean, I think it should be a little bit better. I mean, they were uh. back. I didn't change anything from since last time, so um, it might know. be because my mic's in a slightly different position. Should be I'll try fine. and talk a bit quieter. I should it's, be quiet anyway. It, it should be Blank. fine. It should be fine. Okay. okay. Uh, sorry about that, everyone. So yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Our bad. Let me change this a little bit. Okay. All right. So um, yeah, hit the like button, subscribe, share this out. And uh, we're going to get going. So, I mean, like, what essentially what we're talking about, you know, I always put, like, the big titles basically in the uh, description of the of the show. Um, obviously, Gears 5 had their uh, whole uh, sales and, yeah, it was player information that everybody, man, everybody kind of just, You've got to, you've got to like remind me. I did, I did see some of this stuff and I did tweet about it, but half the time I was drunk. So you're gonna have to, <laughs> you're gonna have to go back through and remind yeah, me. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get there when we get there. But all the stuff with gears is it a, is it a sales failure or an Xbox Game Pass success? Right. Oh yeah, I remember now. Um, okay. Yeah. The big news from yesterday, where you had a a bunch of so-called uh you know wannabe multi-billion-dollar investors. Uh, really, uh, really, really sh- concerned that Xbox is changing their metrics that they share to the investing community. So here on Twitter and gaming YouTube, you know, it's it's been called like the first step to the console shutdown. Xbox is going away. What? Yeah. Um. <sighs> this is it. This is this is it, man. This is the first step. The first step before Xbox gets shut down. Didn't you know? You know, a lot of lot of big time investors out there. A lot of big time billionaires and millionaires that know exactly what they're talking about but uh we'll talk about that because uh jess has uh you have your own kind of like theory or whatever i don't know if it was really a theory but you know i, I, have, some, I have some analysis on that yeah yeah i've talked i've talked to like people on our team and are way more than me about it and they've sort of filled me in so you know my boss daniel rubino goes on like fox news business to talk about this sort of thing so kind of does know what he's talking about so it's like it's like Miles says in chat, Phil Spencer is taking Xbox Xbox out back old yeller style. Oh wow. They're yeah. doing an EA. They're doing an EA on it. Yeah, so <laughs> we're gonna talk about all that and anything else we want to, but we're gonna talk about games first. And Jess says he was 
you know, playing. What were you playing? Like hopscotch at the beach, essentially. <laughs> I pretty much played very little. I played uh, Monster Hunter Stories, which is a RPG, it's RPG like Pokemon, but it's set in the Monster Hunter universe. So that's all I played all week, because I was digitally detox detoxing, but detoxing? I also detoxing detox. Is that is that one of those yeah, uh, detoxing controversy what... contra? How do you say controversy controversy? I can't even remember how it's like con- controversy. Rand, it's a controversy. <laughs> is it a controversy? It's a no, it's a controversy. Controversy. I I don't I don't even remember what what is the proper pronunciation anymore. But anyway, uh, that's all I played. I didn't really play much. Um, I'll tell you what I am going to be playing next week. Um, apart from Monster Hunter, because everyone knows I'm a pretty obsessed with that right now. I'm going to be playing this. Uh, I got this game called Niflheim. Have you heard of that? Yes, I have heard of Niflheim. Indeed. Yep. So it's like a it's a side-scrolling survival game set in Niflheim, the land of the dead in Norse mythology, and it looks really, really interesting. It's very, very indie. Like you, like when you open the menus, it's like, yeah, this is pretty indie. But like, it actually has a really cool art style and a really cool sort of side-scrolling survival game. Like I've never really seen that before. I mean. Darkest Dungeon has some survival elements, I guess, but not like full-blown survival game. So, I'm intrigued about playing that. I'll talk about it next week, maybe, and maybe do a little review if I get time. Um, other than that, I've downloaded... I purchased earlier Link's Awakening for the Switch, which is getting rave reviews. I don't know if you saw IGN gave it over 9. Did they give it 9.7 or something? The, they gave it a high score. Anyway. What game? Link's, Link's Awakening for Switch. I'm yeah, Switch, I is having a, Switch is having a really good year. Uh, really good uh, content from their first part. Like Super Mario Maker Two uh, came out and was really good, and I think that came out a couple months ago. And then you had Astral yep. Chain from Platinum Games, which had an eighty-seven. They make great games, except of course when they're paired with Microsoft, then their games never come out and get canceled for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> then yeah, then you had this Link's Awakening, which is a remake, right? It's a it's a remake of an earlier uh, Zelda game, right? Yeah, I don't know which specific Zelda game. Like, I'm not a huge Zelda dude. I played Ocarina of Time, I played Majora's Mask. But, like, I, I've missed so many games in the series, sadly. Because I never really invested that much in Nintendo ecosystem after the Super Nintendo and then 64. But, like, it looks really, really awesome. And uh, I just wanted to give it a go. So I bought that. And I'll be playing that next week. And uh, that's pretty much it, man. Uh I'm happy to get back to my Xbox. I really, really missed it. Aww. So, what have you been playing? Just misses Xbox. You know, man, the I Switch. Did. I gotta say, like, I like every single month they're always on top. You know, I I had my doubts back before the Switch came out when the Wii U was still. Well, I wouldn't say going strong. Like the Wii U was like one of the biggest failures in console history, right up there with Dreamcast. Even though yeah. people love the Dreamcast and people like the Wii U because it did have a lot of great software, at least Nintendo always does that. But I was just like, man, can they really come back from that? And the, sure enough, they did, and they've come back in a way that I don't think anybody really thought they no. could. I um, think that, that original that original trailer with the cool, trendy people partying with the Switch and stuff, like I thought that was absolutely ridiculous. But I literally did that last week. Like I went, I went to, I went to. Um, my girlfriend's sister's house for for uh, someone's birthday and we were literally playing mario party in a big group a bunch of people who never even really touched the game before 
And they're, it was just Mario Party so accessible and so obviously easy to play. But still, at the same time, still kind of fun. So there's just something magic about Nintendo. There really is. And, you know, that's why the Switch has been successful. I still hide the joysticks on the thing, but, you know. Maybe they'll release a Switch Pro in the future that's got better everything. That's what I low-key hope will happen, but it is what it is. But Rand, 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 Rand. What have you been playing, man? What have you been playing um, What have I been playing? I've So last night, if you guys didn't notice, I put out my review for Control, right? I made a decision the other day while I was sitting there, and I, like, I looked at my channel and I was like, Man, you know, my channel kind of started, uh, you know, talking about video games because it's something I really enjoy, right? Something I love. It's my it's my hobby. It's like the hobby for me. You know, there, there was one point I, was, I read a lot of books or watched a lot of TV in between, like, working and stuff like that. But I love games, right? And I play a lot of games, so I made a lot of reviews. Well, Ranzini Spotlights, stuff like that. But I haven't had a lot of time recently if you guys have been paying attention to the channel i don't post as much content as i used to um that should change soon because i should have more time coming up but i decided you know what (sighs) i wanted to actually kind of share the joy of gaming i have with with everybody so like i'm actually going to make videos about all the games i played recently um so like you know man of madon and days gone and uh stuff like that like the games that i played this year that i haven't really put out videos for because i figured you know that's what's important yeah sure i could sit here and i could talk and give my opinion about like xbox hiding investor information and what that really means i'm not a financial expert i don't really know i could give my opinions or i could talk about how playstation might be launching a ps you know ps5 pro alongside uh, the playstation 5 and stuff and yeah that's cool and people would like it but what i really like is i like talking about my experiences with video games uh, you know, with you and with other people. So <clears throat> that's what I, I, I kind of wanted to mention on the last podcast, but I didn't, I, I kind of forgot about it. So um, that's going to be more of a thing. So like I was planning on doing a, sh- a review for a video on the Sojourn for tomorrow. I don't know if you've heard about oh. it. It's like a puzzle game that com- that comes out on Xbox and PlayStation and PC. Um, I, like a first person puzzle game. And oh, actually, it rings a bell. Rings a bell. So I'm not a big fan of those kind of puzzle games. Yeah. So I, I was playing it last night, trying to um, uh, trying to finish it off, so I could you know finish the game, uh, put out a review because I'm not someone who actually plays the game for 20 minutes and then makes a convoluted excuse for what a you know review is or whatever, right? Um, yeah. But I got stuck on a puzzle, Jazz. I feel like such an <laughs> idiot. I literally was stuck on this puzzle for over an hour to the point where I had to send pictures to Maka and Gopher to try to help me figure out what I was missing because there it was like unsolvable. Completely unsolvable. I even like emailed the person who sent me the code asking if they have any stuff. So I like Did you crack it in the end or no? No, I I gave up after an hour and a half. So I'll I'll go back to it later. But, like, I don't know what the hell I was missing. So I played the Sojourn. I kind of like what I was playing of it right now. And it's a first-person puzzler. Obviously, when I finish it, I'll have more to say about it. But in reality, the game that I've been playing all week is um, Borderlands 3. I have, like, 
20, 27 hours into it so far. I started it. I uh, played it in co-op with uh, Dealer Gaming and Cold Eastwood and um, uh, Zalker87. And uh, we played it in co-op. And Jez, Xbox One X, performance mode, 60 frames, resolution mode, 30 frames, 4K, 1080p. Guess which one I chose? I'm going to go with resolution mode. And I'll tell you why. Because I also played Borderlands 3 a bit. And the 60 frames mode was not very stable. So I ended up playing on the resolution mode for the thir- for the locked 30. Is that what you did too? No, because I, I, I switched back oh. and forth between performance and resolution. And resolution mode to me is unplayable. Oh dear. Yeah. Unplayable. For me at least. Like, I... the. I need the extra frames. I'll I'll choose the extra frames, even though it's not a lock sixty. See, you know what I mean? See, I I do too. But like when I played it, it was erratic all over the place, and like it wasn't hitting sixty very often. Like in that first little area where I can't even remember the quest now, but there's like a first little area where you have to kill like the first boss, and like it was just lagging and and hitching and stuff like that when there were explosions and stuff. So I just like I knocked it down to thirty, and that felt more performant to me. But maybe it's different over time, I guess. Right. So basically, I enjoyed what I was playing of it. It it, it, the problem for me was that a lot of the technical issues of playing in in performance mode with four people in co-op are really pronounced. Like it does not run well on the Xbox. It doesn't run well on any platform. Apparently, Digital Foundry has kind of done the stuff. They seem See, to... I was playing. I was playing solo, and also I was playing off my hard, my external, which I think might be on the fritz at the moment. So that might have affected things. I don't know. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So I like when I I decided to play it solo because Colt was leaving for a week. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna play this solo, and I've pretty much been doing so. And I, I almost find the solo experience a little bit better than the co-op experience, to be to be honest with you, because I get a... What's that? Because I get a better chance... Uh, more... Because, like, when you play it in co-op, it's just... You just go and shoot and kill, 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 kill. At least with solo, I can kind of pay attention to everything that's going on. I can actually listen to the story uh, uh, yeah. and the voice acting and stuff, which you don't really care to when you're actually playing in co-op because everybody's, like... You know, everybody's all excited and, and, and screaming about it. Plus, I can play at my own pace. That's another big thing. Like, when you when when people get on, they're like, all right, we're going to play now. You either play now or you get left behind. So, playing solo, I can choose to play whenever I want. You know, like, last night, I didn't play because I was playing the Sojourn. And I, I didn't feel like I was... You know what I mean? Like, if you, if they, if people are on to play co-op, you would kind of feel forced to play... Uh, Whereas, like, yeah. when you play it by yourself, it's like, I, I can choose to play whenever I want. Um, I know exactly what you mean, because, like, I always used to play Halo with my brother in two-player co-op. Always. Every single time I played it in two-player co-op. And because of that, I just never really absorbed the, the plot of the game until I was older, like, years later, and I played it solo. So there is that sort of, like, when you're playing co-op, you're talking, you're not really paying much attention. And it's interesting because in Monster Hunter World, it forces you to do the, the story missions solo first. And then only after you've seen the cutscene can you invite people to come and help you with the monster. Which irritates a lot of people. 
and it's it's really convoluted when you're doing it, but at the same time, at least I know what the story is. So I don't know. But like in general, are you enjoying Borderlands Three? Yeah, I'm actually enjoying Borderlands Three much more than I thought. Now this is a game I wasn't actually going to play. I bought it because my game share partner wanted it like when we were discussing which games we were buying this holiday because we do a thing where it's like he bought control and then the next game was like borderlands so i had to buy it and then the next game coming up was ghost recon which he has to buy you know what i mean so we do that we do that and he was like i want borderlands and i'm like all right fine that means i gotta buy it even though at the time i didn't want to play it or at least i didn't want to and so I figured, you know what? I put I paid sixty bucks for it. I might as well get my enjoyment out of it. So I started playing it, and I was like, as I was playing it, the more and more I was enjoying it more and more because the gunplay is actually really strong. There's a lot of cool guns to actually collect that have like different fire modes and stuff. And the character I'll I picked um, one one sorry one of the sort of things they did I noticed to to try to. Uh make the gunplay more interesting was like, you know, because the bot, typically on, on first-person shooters when you have a boss, they just become like a bullet sponge, right? But mm-hmm. I noticed they added like little animations when like bosses are taking like, at least on the boss, bosses that I fought, even like the, the bullet spongy ones, they still like have like little animations when loads of bullets are hitting them. So your guns still feel like they have some sort of impact. Yeah. And, um, and also the, the headshot sound effects were really satisfying as well, I noticed. So like... It did. It did feel like the gunplay was a step. No, the, up. the gunplay is like it. yeah. The, the gunplay is a definite step up from Borderlands Two. Um, I, I really like the differing uh, areas that you actually go to. Uh, like the previous ones, all kind of took place on Pandora, so it was kind of a a brown palette, right? Uh, but mm. this one, they really changed that up, right? Yeah, you go to the Pandora and the Pandora in the beginning, and that's where I think kind of. Uh, the game is uh, a slow start because it feels just like Borderlands 2 when you start out. It's like, oh, it looks like... I mean, it looks way better than Borderlands 2. But, like, you're in the Pandora and it's like, eh, you know, like, what do I get myself into? But then you actually go to different planets. A whole bunch of different planets in Search of the Vaults. So you go to this, like, sprawling, like, megaplex that has, uh, you know, a bunch of neon colors. And then you go to this other, like, forest. So you, you go you go to a forest place. You go to, like, a monk monastery. And every, like, new world looks different than the one before. So that really, really, really helps out a lot. So the gunplay, the areas you go to. I'm playing as Moe's, which has the, um, she, she calls in the, the mech. Um, yeah. Which is great because... It basically get I get two two life bars. Like when I bust my shields and I don't have any more, I immediately call on the mech and my shields are restored and I'm just a killing machine. And by the time I get back out, you know, I pretty much have full shields and full health. And the way I have my character spec is that like there's this thing where like I I sacrifice health to increase my shields, and then I have this perk where like the lower my health is, the more damage I do. So up to like 60%. And then when I kill enemies, I get these other perks that uh, increase gun damage. So when I get into a fight, I have this like, huge amount of shields. And I do like and I kill one person, two person, and I get those stacks. Like I'm just a killing machine. Like I just click on people's heads and they just die because of all the extra damage I'm doing because of the way I built my character. That stuff is really cool. The bigger thing is uh, the writing isn't all that great. That's kind <laughs> isn't of that, isn't that just standard for Borderlands? I'm, well, I'm... I mean, it's been seven years, 
And, you know, I actually really like Borderlands 2. The writing isn't that great. There are some spots where it's funny, and there are some spots where it tries too hard. And honestly, uh, the, the two villains of the game aren't as interesting or as memorable as uh, Handsome Jack was in Borderlands 2. So that's kind of my my uh, my early thoughts on Borderlands 3 right now. Obviously, I'll finish the game up and put out a video about it. But... Um, Borderlands 3's humor seems really polarizing. Some people like love it. Mm. I like I've never really liked it. Like like the most it can really do for me is make my eyes roll and go, "Oh yeah, I see what they did there." But like everything just feels really forced to me. I, I don't know. But like if you like the humor, like I'm not I'm not bashing you or anything. Or saying my sense of humor is better. It's just I just I just can't stand. It, <laughs> it just it just stops me from enjoying it to the to the maximum i guess but the gunplay is like really awesome and like you say like with the creating builds and stuff like that i wonder like what they're gonna do with end game systems and stuff like that yeah i mean i don't i don't know like i, I did see they have already kind of decreased the loot in like mayhem 3 which is like a difficulty setting after you beat the game uh like mm. the loot you get because yeah the end game is all about you know, getting the best stuff and the best roles, but I'm not really interested in that. Like I'm interested in just completing the game, maybe getting all the achievements and then moving on to the next stuff because, you know, we got surge two next week and then there's code vein, which I'm not sure I'll play code vein. Cause that, that doesn't look very interesting to me. Um, then you have like ghost recon breakpoint and then you have outer worlds and call of duty, modern warfare, you know, death stranding and need for speed heat. And, uh, you know, star Wars, uh, Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen Order, and Doom Eternal. There's a lot of games to play, so it's like I'll be playing all of those most mostly. Um, so it's like I kind of need to to kind of like you know finish and then move on. Which you know, which you know, like people can make fun of me for playing PUBG for as long as I did, right? <laughs> like I played PUBG for 800 hours, and it was just like, well, and, and, but mainly because there wasn't anything to play, or I'd play what it what had come out, and then like, all right, well now what? Well, back to PUBG. So um, <laughs> I'm like that with Monster Hunter right now. I'm I've I've just hit like 340 hours, like, and I'm still I'm still nowhere near the end of Iceborne. This game's just ridiculous. The amount of when she when she bites you, man, my god. But <clears throat> I'm like I'm really hyped for the Worlds. I think that's my next big one. Mm, yeah, like, yeah. Every, everyone everyone I know who's played that has said like it's like the second New Vegas you know that's what everyone keeps saying so mm, that's the next big one for me yeah so uh, well, I got a scam <clears throat> likely on my cell phone someone's calling from somewhere in Illinois and the actual caller says scam like me someone's trying to scam me Jez <laughs> who, who what app tells you that it, or is it just the iPhone? It's just the iPhone. It says scam likely, and it's true. Some of these, <laughs> some of these will actually leave voicemails that are like, "We have, we have information that your uh, social security number is under criminal investigation. So please call us back. Tell us your name and social security number so we can get to the bottom of it." And it's like, "Huh? <laughs> so you want me to call you back and tell you my so my name and my social security mm. number to tell? But you called me." To tell me that my social security number is under attack. So how do you know? You know what I'm saying? But the thing is, people <laughs> fall for this stuff all the time. They're so stupid. So I, I, when I get these calls, I always got to block them. Block the contact. But shout out to uh, Israel Rangel for the super chat. 
I appreciate it, and you can leave a message. And then we have one from Snazzy Crowd one two one two. He says, "What do you think of Sony confirming that they have the rights to the 2014 Sunset Overdrive game?" Oh well, this was pretty much already known, right? That they they had the rights to the the franchise, but what we don't know is like, do they have the publishing rights? Is that still up for debate? I don't even know. I mean, does it really even matter? I mean, at this point. When obviously when Sony bought Insomniac, they attained the the rights to the Sunset Overdrive franchise, right? Because Insomniac owned the IP, so now Sony owns Insomniac, so now Sony owns Sunset Overdrive. The question is, Microsoft did Microsoft hand back the publishing rights to Sunset Overdrive One, where like they could release a remastered version of Sunset Overdrive in the PlayStation, maybe. The, the other question is, is Sony really interested in making a new Sunset Overdrive? I know Ted Price says it's at one point they were really interested in doing it, but, you know, when you look at what essentially, you know, Insomniac's going to do for the PlayStation 5, it's probably going to be Spider-Man 2, 100%, right? I mean, with how that game sold and how much or of a success. Well, yeah, bring... I would say, like, you're definitely probably going to see a new, a new uh, Spider-Man. And probably another Ratchet and Clank, which that did really well back in 2016. And then if you're talking about bringing back a franchise, you have the choice between Resistance or Sunset Overdrive, and Resistance has cachet with the PlayStation audience already. It's like yeah. I think you'd probably there, there's probably better chance they bring back Resistance than actually make a sequel to Sunset Overdrive. Not saying that they wouldn't make a sequel to Sunset Overdrive. Maybe they will at some point. Um. But I mean, I would love to see a sequel regardless. You know, it's yeah, just, so it's it's pretty interesting how this all kind of came about. Now think about it. You remember, Insomniac worked exclusively with PlayStation, even though they were independent, you know, like during the PS2 and the PS3 era, even the PS1 era. <clears throat> they wanted to own their own IP, and Sony was like, no, if we're publishing your games, we own it. So they did the deal with Microsoft and EA, Got to do Sunset Overdrive for Microsoft because they got to retain the IP, and then Sony bought them anyways, and now Sony owns the IP. So it's kind of a whole weird situation how that whole thing just t- turned out. But yeah, the industry's cha- the industry's changing rapidly, you know, and it's less to do with like, you know, <laughs> them needing Sony, and it's more to do with like Sony and Microsoft trying to lock down the studios that they've had success with before, you know, other more nefarious companies get involved, like your Googles and your Tencents and all that sort of stuff. So the industry is just rapidly changing. And I think like it's going to get tough for these sort of triple A indies that aren't backed by some kind of platform. Like CD Projekt Red has uh, good old games dot com so like they they have like retail backing and security that way and like rockstar games is like not well they're not even independent but you know what i mean everything everything needs to be backed by some sort of bigger company these days once you get to a certain size it feels like like indies are feeling talking about feeling the squeeze all the time and did you notice that did you see the news that um steam changed its algorithm and a bunch of indies got obliterated out of the search results yeah, I did see that. Yeah, I did see that. So, a lot, a lot of, a uh, lot of developers are really angry about that. Yeah. So, like, imagine if you're an indie developer and you're at the mercy of Steam's algorithm, 
wouldn't you rather have like if you if you were the boss of an indie company and a company like Sony or Microsoft were offering you financial security for for your employees and their families, basically, there comes a point where you take it. I think. I don't know. Yep. So, moving on. So, moving on. M- moving on. What do you want? <laughs> we're gonna talk about Gears first. Um. Sure. Gears, 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 Gears. A lot of uh. A lot of talk about uh, its supposed failure, uh, you know, because of the UK charts, uh, where it only sold like 16,000 um, copies. And then, of course, Microsoft released the information that they had over 3 million players. So the question here, Jez, is was this a sales failure or a Game Pass success? This is like... This is a complicated topic for a number of reasons. First of all, A, the the UK sales chart is worthless. It doesn't tell, like, the full story at all. UK retail is suffering so bad right now, and the UK is about to slip back into recession. So, like, you can compare you can compare it on in some ways, but, like, in others, not really. Especially when everyone in the UK is being thrifty as hell. And, and to be honest, British... British gamers often are just thrifty, looking for the best deals. Game Pass is like... The UK is one place where Game Pass would probably be really successful. But um, So I think the UK game shots are pretty much worthless for, for this particular debate. It'd be more compelling if we had hard res- sales results for America. And like, have those been released yet? The, no, no, no. They, they, have, they haven't released any... Um... Any info? <clears throat> That's the thing. Like the sales stuff is a little bit weird because it's just from one region, and it's just physical, which is why in my video I said that chart's completely meaningless. You don't include digital in 2019. You're you're an empty statistic, right? I mean, they even have Borderlands three in that same chart, where it's like, yeah, it's the biggest launch of the year, even though it's down 50 percent from Borderlands two in 2012. Um, but it even sounds like it's going to do better than that because digital is such a huge thing now and you have game pass. So physical sales, do they matter? Of course they matter. Sales matter, of course, but game pass matters to Microsoft a lot more. And this is, this is an area where Microsoft literally wants you and they advertise the way to play gears early is with game pass. So I know Phil talked only that. But like when you look at any of the bo- when whenever you look at any of the gears advertising, it all says Xbox Game Pass underneath. It doesn't say Xbox One. It just says Xbox Game Pass. So this is like literally what they wanted. <clears throat> well, yeah, yeah I mean it's a hundred percent. They that, that's exactly what they want. <laughs> so I mean the the whole look the whole idea that. Um... <sighs> See, I've already talked about this multiple times. I talked about this on RDX with Dealer Show. I did my own. I did my own video about it. Um, so I'm just going to reiterate it again. Microsoft wants you to subscribe to Game Pass. Like they would much rather ha- want. They would if the because I've asked this question, Jez, and I want to see if you get if you've had the same answer. I've asked, what would you rather have somebody do? Buy a copy of Gears Five for sixty bucks. Or have that same person subscribe to Game Pass. And you wonder what the answer was to me? We would much rather have the person subscribe to Game Pass. Yep. Than buy a one-off copy of a game. 
see the thing is like a lot of people think like that sixty dollars, all of that sixty dollars instantly goes to Microsoft. There are so many overheads on that sixty dollars, like tax. You have to pay for the plastic, the plastic on the boxes and stuff like that. It's like it's not the Microsoft instantly gets sixty dollars. The margins are probably better on get the Game Pass sale. You don't have to like wrangle with retailers and all that sort of stuff. There's like a whole chain of things that aren't being considered when people try and compare Game Pass to a physical retail box, which is essentially what you're doing when you when you're using the UK chart figures, because UK charts only include the physical sales. And it is annoying that we don't have better data and we can't really analyze and we just have to do this sort of speculative dance, which is great for YouTube videos because you can spin you can spin it no matter what you, you can want. spin you it can negatively spin it. or you can spin it positively. Whatever yeah, way you, can spin you it. choose. Yeah, exactly. You can there's... spin it to fit your narrative. Yeah. You know. Like I, I ain't trying to spin it positively. I ain't trying to spin spin it negatively. I'm just saying the reality, the boring reality and Google's algorithm doesn't like boring reality. It likes outrage. It likes sensationalism. But the boring reality is that we don't know the full picture because we don't have the full spreadsheet of data. But what we do know is that Microsoft wants people to be using Xbox Game Pass because that's how they marketed it. They marketed it with Xbox Game Pass on the big banners, which they paid for in loads of major cities, uh, as per Aaron Greenberg's Twitter, with Xbox Game Pass all the way underneath it. And the the margins, which is and the margin is like the difference between your expenditure and your profit, is like the margins on Game Pass are probably better than the margin on a single piece of you know hard um, physical software because of all the overheads that are involved in that. And overheads are like overheads basically means the stuff that you spend in order to make money. So like paying people salaries, that's an overhead, for example. So we just don't have a full complete set of data but like you have to be wary when you listen to like commentators say that oh the uk's sales charts means gears 5 bombed you have to be wary of that because like there is a whole other range of information that isn't being considered or is being omitted on purpose because they want to spin the narrative so well yeah the, so... the, ultimate, the ultimate question is we've got three million players in gears 5 now Will there still be three million players in a month? No. Will it go up? Will it go down? Will it be stagnant? You know, is Gears gonna be that sort of game that keeps people subscribed to Xbox Game Pass? That's the real question. That's the 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 compelling bit of information that I'd rather talk about. Is Gears good enough to sort of? Because people, Netflix basically trained people to expect a certain level of quality with its content. Is like Gears alone enough to train people to be like happy with the content output? While Outer Worlds is the next big game we're getting on Game Pass, right? I would say. Well, yeah. I mean, they also released a whole bunch of new games yesterday. Like for instance, uh, Bloodstained uh, just hit Xbox Game Pass, as well as what was the other game That's that came out yesterday? Um, I forget, but like Dirt Rally too. So they added two more games yesterday. They're adding three more games next week. The Outer Worlds comes in October. Yeah, so it's about, okay, Microsoft's at the point with, with, with Game Pass where they're in user acquisition mode. Everything they're doing now are, is to get people 
into the door of Game Pass, which is why you have $1 trials or $2 for two months or convert your you know regular Xbox Live Gold to Game Pass Ultimate because it's all about user acquisition at this point. So basically yeah, what they did was they used Gears 5, the biggest game of X for Xbox this this holiday, they marketed as Game Pass only. We're not Game Pass only, but play it early with Ultimate, right? Because you could play it four days early with Ultimate, and they were given those deals because they wanted... To make a subscription service successful, you need to get people in the door, right? And and for, I don't think the small... Like, yes, the small indie titles and stuff like that, like, that's fine for a certain type of group. But what's going to get people in the door and what's going to get people to notice Game Pass are big, huge titles. Day one, right? Yeah, it's it's nice to get Just Cause three, three or Just Cause four three months later, or Shadow of the Tomb Raider five months later, or Metro Exodus four months later. Like those are great because those still have value because it's really close to you know from the release. But what really gets people to notice Game Pass is Gears Five Day One, Halo Infinite Day One. Any other game that Microsoft can potentially get day one that has a big budget that people are looking forward to. Something like Borderlands 3 would have been huge if they could have gotten for Game Pass. Right? Because they need eyes on it. They need users. So yeah, Microsoft probably is well okay with people foregoing buying the retail version of Gears if they sign up to Game Pass. Now, not everyone who signs up to Game Pass to play Gears is going to keep signed up i mean there are going to be people that actually cancel their subscription and use it for someone else but a lot of these subscription services have years and years of historical data that show once someone signs up for a subscription service they typically don't unsubscribe right um i mean how like i subscribed to amazon prime for years and i and yeah i buy packages and stuff like that and i watch the tv shows but i don't really buy things every single month or watch a show on amazon prime every single month i could unsubscribe and then resubscribe when i want to but i just don't and it's it's something that's so easy like i could just click it's it's, you know it's it's, yeah it's it's because like it's such a trivial amount of money like i'm i subscribe to spotify and i don't listen to that much music these days but like i just like having it there like i could subscribe and unsubscribe but just that the hassle of tracking all those subscriptions and uh, like unsubscribing, resubscribing, blah, 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 blah. I just might as well just leave the payment to go through because it's like, what, $10? Like, who cares about $10? And that's pretty much what Game Pass is. It's like, who cares about spending that $10? Yeah, so, yeah. So and Microsoft built its whole business on that because yeah. that's what Xbox Live is. But people, people also don't because I also see this. How is Microsoft making money out of this? How are they basically selling gears for a dollar and making money now this is where people point to netflix i saw this happen a lot like oh netflix is great and game pass is an ultimate win for the consumer because who was going to complain about playing gears 5 for two bucks or essentially you know 10 bucks since you already have game pass like that is awesome i don't have to spend 60 bucks i can play gears and i now i have actual money i could spend to play borderlands it's an ultimate win for the consumer in that regard but then some people point to netflix and they're like well netflix they're not making any money which is true they're in debt up to their eyeballs right but the difference between netflix and xbox is netflix has no other ways to make money outside 
of their subscription base. They currently don't sell ads on anything, which maybe they will at some point. Maybe Netflix, you know, creates a, a lower, you know, tiered model that actually sells That's ads. That's actually not true. That's not actually true. Netflix actually, sells ads? Yeah, they do, but they do it with product placements. And you'll notice that, like, the all and a lot of Netflix shows, they use a lot of surfaces in those Netflix shows. Sure, but they, I, I was more talking about ads during the sh- during your show. Like, you have a... You have oh, like, yeah. a, like, like Hulu does, right? So they don't do that. Xbox, like, as big as Game Pass is for Xbox, you know what the majority of Microsoft's business is? It's still selling other people's games and other people's content and taking a 30% cut when someone buys that skin in Fortnite, Right? That is how they're going to make, they make all this money is like they have all these other revenue avenues of revenue that they have outside of Game Pass and Game Pass is just kind of one thing combined with everything else. So yeah, and I think we've said it before, Jess, do you think Xbox is, Xbox Game Pass is profitable right now? Because I sure as hell don't and I don't think it's, it's, it's aimed to be or at least uh, going to be profitable for probably years to come. No, I, it probably isn't. And like like you say, like look at Netflix, they're in debt up to their eyeballs, and that's pretty much what mode Xbox Game Pass is in. But unlike Netflix, which like you said, is only backed basically by venture capital money, Xbox is backed by Microsoft and they're also backed by their other parts of the businesses that do make money, like selling other people's games, like selling, you know, pretty much like the Fortnite business of selling microtransactions in Fortnite through the Xbox store. That is in the order of tens of millions of dollars. You know, it's not it's not like people don't realize how much money Microsoft makes on just Fortnite or just Minecraft. You know, it's a lot of money and they can use that money to grow the next part of the business, the next phase of the business, which is this Xbox Game Pass subscription service. And they're onto something because Apple's doing it, because EA's doing it, Ubisoft is doing it. Everyone is doing it. I mean, and everyone wouldn't be doing it if it was stupid. You know what I mean? And Microsoft's ahead by miles compared to everyone else who's trying. This. I mean, Sony's been doing it for quite some time. They just don't. They just don't do it to the extent that Microsoft does. Uh, well, Play, Play, like, PlayStation now has like 700 games, and it, yeah. you know, like it doesn't include Sony's first party right away, and they don't really advertise it as heavily as Microsoft does. But yeah, I mean, like but the difference there is like. They're still they're still building up that part of their business. If if Sony went if Sony went hard advertising PlayStation now, they'd flood the servers and make it laggy, you know. And that'd just that'd just create the perception that PlayStation now is bad, and then they wouldn't be able to like sell it to people when they eventually do get the the speed that it needs in order to be like. Well, I mean, they added downloads to PlayStation Four and PlayStation Two games. It's it's only streaming only on the PlayStation Three. Sure, you ah, okay. sure you can stream PlayStation Four games, I think. Uh, but you're also op- you know, there's also the option to download as well. So like uh, a lot of these companies have subscription services, and I've seen a bunch of glowing pr- praise for Apple Arcade. Uh, which is, I think, coming out tomorrow with iOS 13. That's $5 a month. Like you said, Ubisoft and EA have their own subscription services on PC. You know, EA Access is on console. Microsoft has their thing. Obviously, like, who knows going in the future, like, who else can create a subscription service or how that's all going to go. But my, my whole thing is, like, Microsoft's at the point here where... They need subscribers, 
and Gears was the best bet for them because it was a high-profile game. It was, you know, another entry in an acclaimed series, and it happened to actually be quality. It was actually a really good title because a lot of their earlier games, like Crackdown 3 this year, was a piece of garbage. In my opinion, I know other people might disagree, <laughs> but I don't think I don't think Crackdown 3 really moved the needle for Game Pass subscriptions, but I think Gears 5 did. So that's what, and this is essentially why Microsoft went out and bought all these studios and why they bought Obsidian and why they're building the initiative is because they know gamers want games and they want games easily accessible, big titles, small titles, medium titles, and easy ways to access it. Um, now, do I think Gears 5 is going to sell less than Gears 4? I th- really do. I think this is going to be the first example of a game that is going to buck the trend of, hey, if your game's in Game Pass, it sells better, right? That's what Phil Spencer has said. That's what a bunch of other developers have said that, hey, we put our games in Game Pass and our sales are pretty damn good. More people bought it than, than we thought it would, right? Phil's talked about that. I think Gears is going to be that first example of a game that's like, no, sales were depressed uh, because it was in Game Pass, mainly because of how heavy it was marketed for Game Pass. Also because I think people know what Game Pass is now, whereas like last year it was more new. Sea of Thieves is like the first one to come out, and so is State of Decay. Now more people know about it. Microsoft is offering all these great deals to get into. So I, I think... I think this is going to be I that think, first game. I think you'd be surprised that's... to know. I think you'd be surprised because, like, people, like, there are, like, the whole idea of that sort of um, virality that easy access brings to the sales of Gears, like, that is still happening. Like, you've got Dr. Disrespect, who was hating on the game really hardcore. Still been playing Gears here and there, and he's been pulling off some seriously good players too. Like I've been watching like some clips of him playing Gears on Twitter. Would he be playing that? I don't think like they gave him a key for it. Well, I, I mean, you don't need to give him a key for it. It's it's on freaking Game Pass on the PC, right? Well, that's the point. That's the point I'm making is that like any streamer can see that Doctor Disrespect is getting hits by playing this game, and they'll think, oh, I can get hits too, and they'll play the game as well. And then people will watch people playing the game and think, oh, I'm going to buy that because it looks kind of interesting. And that's the virality aspect, which has helped well, some Will they games. buy it or will they check it out for free on Game Pass? Well, some people will buy it because some people just don't want the sub. And they don't. Well, yeah, they're, sure. They're, they're sort of smart and they're like, oh, I don't want to get But I think there system. is there were a significant portion of people for Gears 5 that opted for the Game Pass version instead of buying it to the point where I don't expect. When you look at Gears 5 sales versus Gears 5 sales, I think they're going to be down. But I think Microsoft would be 100% okay with that if it gets people into the mm. subscription service of Game Pass. That's that's kind of what I'm saying. Now, I have a couple super chats that I need to kind of read off here. we got one from Axel that says, Jez and Rand, I have Gears 5 question. You both hated the DBs in Gears 4. What are your thoughts on the DBs in Gears 5? Uh, much better because they weren't the only enemy you fought for basically two acts in a row. And they change it up. Sometimes when you fought them in Gears 5, they were the regular enemies. And then sometimes they were the infected enemies, which you could stealth kill. So I thought they did a much better job with the DBs in Gears 5. Jez? Yeah, I love the... 
they basically took all the feedback from the DBs in Gears 1 where they weren't satisfying to kill because it felt like you were shooting a brick wall made of metal and they sort of added some flesh to them which made them more fun to use with the chainsaw and you know they added weak points which are more satisfying to shoot um like the uh the stumps were really creepy and like if you shot their fleshy bits you did more damage which is more interesting than fighting the regular DBs so i think they did a really good job I was actually I actually tweeted some concept art of other DB styles that they um they had designed from a, a concept artist which did some work on gears I believe. There's there's like a lot of things they can do with that. Like like biomechanical stuff can be really super creepy. I hope they keep them for the next game and really explore. But I will say that round I did find the pseudo stealth sections to be a bit tedious, especially when like if you do all the side missions you get like at least four or five maybe six um segments where you have to sort of walk slowly and pull the things out the back of the dbs and it becomes almost like a little bit of a puzzle like how can i get to this db without alerting all the others and in the end i just like oh screw this and just shoot them and alert them all and try and kill them all but i did find that that to be a bit overplayed eh, but I mean, sure it was mostly good i mean but you also knew it was like well i could just have a big firefight right now with all these things and kill them or for me i try to take out as many stealth i love it when a game gives you the option to go go through a section like you know killing people without them noticing you or getting past people without um you know them noticing so i always choose to do that so that's what i always did Mm -hmm. we also have a super chat from spider-man he wants to know great show what do you guys think of death stranding gameplay at tgs the dialogue of horrendous i don't get the hype for this game uh, we talked about that last week. Um, I'm still getting the game day one. I don't really let uh, other people's op- I don't really let other people's opinions of something bother me. I know a lot of people do on Twitter and YouTube. Um, some of it looks okay. Some of it, yeah. Like I didn't watch the 50 minute gameplay of the game because I want to experience it for myself. Hopefully, I get the game and I like it a lot. But if I get the game and it's not very good, I will. You know, I will be, I'll be the first one to say, like, what was Kojima thinking? Um, I, uh, I, I trust Kojima for better or worse. And he said, don't watch the footage if you trust me. So I'm just going to go in blind. I'm going to buy it. I trust him. He's made some of my favorite games of all time. We talked about it last week. I'm, I'm just going to go for it. Hopefully, hopefully it's as good as I'm expecting it to be. If it isn't, I'll be with Rand bitching about it. No doubt. We'll wait and see. When's yeah. it come out? Um, November eighth. November eighth it comes 8th. out. Yeah. Still, still quite a while away then. Yeah. Um, like less than two months away. But yeah, we still got all all the rest of this month in October to go through. And uh, Snazzy Crowd in Super Chat says, "Hey, Sony confirmed they do have the publishing rights for the first game, Sunset. So apparently, oh. Sony did confirm that they have uh, the publishing rights for it. So." Um, well, that's a solid pickup then for, for those dudes. I did see some rumors uh, floating around that uh, there is a remaster for Alan Wake coming to the Switch, the PlayStation, and the Xbox. Oh, that isn't a rumor. I think I saw that on YouTube earlier. Like an uh, official, official video? I mean, I don't, I'm going I don't think Unless there's I'm going official, crazy. Uh, you must be crazy because that would be huge news if they're, like Alan Wake was coming to all those platforms. Because, I mean, essentially okay, that would almost okay, be as good as Alan Wake 2 coming at some point. Um, okay, I'm going crazy. But, like, I, I, that is awesome, though. That is awesome. If it's true. If it's true. Like, I want it to be true. I would love... I, 
I'll be the first one to play. Like, I know there's the kind of eh, remastered, like, eh, you know, like a lot of it played the earlier part of this generation. But there are some games that I would play again. Namely, the Mass Effect trilogy. If if they if EA ever remastered the Mass Effect trilogy, I'd be there day one. If EA remastered Dead Space 1 and 2, sure, they could remaster the Dead Space trilogy. I wouldn't play 3, but I would f- love to play through Dead Space 1 and 2 again, remastered. And Alan Wake would be another game that I would play through if it was remastered. Um... And is, would you, is there any games that you would play again, Jez, if they decided to remaster it, whether it's for this gen or potentially for the PlayStation 5? Like a game was like, all right, finally, we're bringing, we're bringing this back. And it's like, oh, man, I'm totally playing this again. Mass, like, like you said it, Mass Effect. Like if they, my dream, my absolute dream is that they remaster Mass Effect 2 and 3 and remake Mass Effect 1 with like the updated mechanics from Mass Effect 2. I would absolutely, I would probably cry. <laughs> that, like, if they if they redid drag, if they remade Dragon Age Origins as well, like with basically literally identical gameplay, but with updated graphics and maybe updated faces. Although I don't know if Bioware's up to the challenge after after um, after Andromeda. I don't know if they, if they did that stuff, I'd be all over it. Like, there's so many classic games that I'd just love to play again. But with just with tweaks, you know, yeah. Dragon like, Age and Mass Effect are right up there. Carl I'm Newman sure in chat says uh, he wants a Kotor remaster. Enrico yeah, Kitching says he wants a Max Payne remaster. Um, oh god, yeah. If they're in my Max Payne one and two and three, screw it. I actually <sighs> really well. There's yeah. There's there's a lot of games that would be. I I I totally be down to play again, and uh, Alan Wake would be definitely um, one of those games for sure. Um, just... Silent Hill, oh. Metal Gear Solid One. I know that they, they already did. They did re. Bleh, they redid Metal Gear Solid One for the GameCube, and that was pretty good. If but they never released it on anything other than the GameCube, as far as I'm aware. That's really weird. No. Oh well. But moving on to the next topic, which is perfect segue here from my buddy Maka Ninety One in Productions. Maka Ninety One Productions is YouTube channel. Uh, check it out. He makes great guides. And I think he just put up a guide for Wish You Were Here, the Xbox Live Gold title for the week. Get you a 1,000 gamer score in less than 20 minutes, I think. And Jez, I don't know if you saw this, but there's a Game Pass quest going on right now where every point of gamer score gets you a Microsoft rewards point up to 10,000. So if you get 10,000 gamer score, you get 10,000 reward points. What the hell? Really? Yeah, yeah, really. Like, I should tell my news team about that. <laughs> you, you, yeah, so you can basically get ten thousand Microsoft reward points. Uh, I think it has to be Game Pass titles, though. I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but I'm pretty sure it does. So there are easy games like Abzu, uh, Old Man's Journey, which you know, plug here. Maka has guides for if you really uh, uh, need need it. Right? Um, I think it was supposed to start today, but uh, yeah, so. Easy, easy money that you can basically use the Microsoft for. I, I actually, you know what? The other day, I actually, um, I used the twenty-five. I, I had twenty-five hundred points to Microsoft Rewards. I used it. Uh, got a twenty-five dollar gift code, and I bought the new Plants vs Zombies game. So that was the pretty new cool. One? The Plants, new Plants vs Zombies game. Yeah, the Battle for Neighborville. Is that already available for pre-order? That's a, you can play it right now. They put it out um, as... What? 
as the Founders Edition where you can play it, and they're adding stuff every week. So it's $30, Founders Edition, you can play it now. And when it, How the hell did I miss this? I don't know. I mean, when... When did this happen? <laughs> it came out... It came out right before Gears. I have I no say idea. Or, or last week. So, yeah, Plants vs. Zombies, Battle for Neighborville. Uh, if you get it now, Founders Edition, I think it's like six weeks early before it actually launches on October 18th. You can play it. They're always adding new stuff every week. It's $30, and when it actually officially launches in October, it's 40 bucks. So, oh snap! I'm gonna I'm gonna pick that up. I didn't. I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't think I even got a press release about that. Well, it's like, yeah, I, I think they've done a, j- a bad job marketing it. But what I'm saying was, I had twenty five dollars of Microsoft reward points. I used it to get a twenty five dollar gift card, and I just used that to get Plants vs Zombies. So it didn't cost me anything. So ten thousand points, you know, for ten thousand gamer score. I mean, that's essentially ten bucks. So. I, you know, you basically have like over a week to get points, so uh, look into that. But yeah, so the uh, no more monthly active users, Jazz, no more Xbox. Huh? Rip. Yeah, so this is the news that Microsoft's changing its, uh, its investor metrics for what how they report Xbox's um, growth. And they're switching away from monthly active users, which surprised me. And they're moving towards combined game revenue. Is that is that right? Um. Oh, sounds like uh, my dog's going crazy upstairs. Uh, just yeah, just like percentage growth, right? Of I I I'm I'm not fully versed on what exactly they are they're reporting on. But I just know that they're not they're not doing the monthly active users anymore. Um, and uh, my I'm gonna have to do a full analysis on what this is and probably write an article about it because I've been on vacation. You know I gotta have some time off, guys. But my immediate reaction was to getting rid of the monthly active users was they're gonna be meaningless soon. And I'll tell you why they or well they're gonna be potentially meaningless soon. And I'll tell you why for that is because Gears Pop's actually doing pretty well. And one game that's going to be doing very, very well, if all projections, you know, come to pass, is Minecraft Earth. And, like, if Minecraft Earth inflates Xbox Live usership by, like, as much as I'm expecting it to, those monthly active users are going to be volatile as hell, and they're going to be meaningless to an investor. Like, because then you have to sort of start breaking it down and being granular. Like, which games are doing well on, like, when it comes to Xbox Live, it's like, which are the Minecraft Earth users, which are the Xbox Live users? You know, even even now, it's hard, you don't even know, like, what the actual metrics are. Like, how many of those users are just Minecraft players who don't even touch the rest of the ecosystem, you know? Because you need an Xbox Live account to play a lot of these games. So... As Microsoft diversifies away from Xbox console towards xCloud and mobile games, if Minecraft Earth is as successful as people are expecting. Oh, and also you got Minecraft Dungeons hitting like um, PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch. Like, presumably the Switch version will require Xbox Live as well. At least the Switch version will. So how do you break that down? I think it's more useful for investors if they do report on revenue. 
If I was if I was an investor, I wouldn't be interested in the monthly active users. I'd be more interested in the revenue, which is which is kind of surprising to me, because it kind of exposes Microsoft to um, the sort of expenditure stuff, right? If like if they'd like if they've got like really high spending, that could also inflate the revenue streams. So I, I don't know. Hmm. Basically, this is this is another sort of situation where it's like don't trust the armchair investors because there are so many so many other factors to consider with this change it might seem like a little change and you know for the end user for gamers it doesn't it's meaningless you know but for the armchair people who want to bash microsoft and stuff like that and pretend that they know anything about running a billion dollar company who don't have access to the same resources that you know i have access to for example I actually have access to experts who who I can ask about this stuff, and they can they can let me know stuff that even I don't know, you know, which is quite a lot of stuff as it turns out. But the difference between this podcast and I guess other podcasts is like I'll actually do my due diligence, due diligence and check before I make like a, a real judgment on it. But there's just loads of factors to consider, I guess, is what I'm saying in a roundabout sort of way. So this is so this is um what's changing, right? So Xbox content and services revenue growth is the new metric, right? And they're de- defining it as year-over-year percentage revenue growth for Xbox content and services. And Xbox content and content and services include uh, Xbox Live, which is transactions, subscriptions, cloud services, and advertising, video games, and third-party video game royalties. And for investor value, they say key performance indicator for long-term health of gaming business across content, community, and cloud. It replaces gaming revenue and Xbox Live monthly active users, investor metrics, and gaming revenue continues to be disclosed in the SEC, SEC filings. So some people would be like, hey, they're not not—they're hiding their revenue, which they won't be talking about in the quarterly reports, but Microsoft has to report uh, the end of the year results uh, when they file for the SEC. So gaming revenue will still be there. The, essentially, the only thing that's really changing is uh, Xbox Live monthly active users, uh, the amount that they would show. And it's like Jez said, when Minecraft Earth comes out and all these other games that are also on Switch. So like suddenly you go from 60, 60 million Xbox Live monthly active users and if Minecraft Earth takes off like... They think it will. Well, then suddenly you go from like 60 million users to 100 million users, right? And is that really, you know, uh, like, is that really a valuable piece of information then that Xbox Live really grow by, you know, 50 million? Or is it just because, or is it just 50 million people playing Minecraft Earth? So it's, it's one of those things. Now, the thing is, people will say, and I've, I've already thought this myself, is like, they do give out less information than Sony does. Like, you compare what Sony gives to investors to what Microsoft gives to investors about Xbox, it's light and day. Like, Sony is like, we've shipped this many PlayStations, we sell this many third-party games, our PlayStation Network makes this amount of money, uh, we have this many PlayStation Now subscribers. I mean, they are... They are basically giving everything about PlayStation uh, to their to the investors, because let's be honest, PlayStation is basically like all of Sony, right? For the most part, like PlayStation is extremely important to Sony, and if you're going to invest in Sony, you'd want to know 
hey, how is PlayStation looking? So it'd be very, very bad for Sony, considering PlayStation is their number one product, if they were basically trying to uh, hide the data. Now, if you're an investor at Microsoft or looking at investing at Microsoft, I mean, what are you looking at? Does the all that information about Xbox matter? Yeah, it does. It Of course, it does matter. But to an investor, all they want to look at is Xbox. Is it is it worthy of being with at Microsoft? Is it growing year over year, quarter by quarter? If it is, that's all they really care about. Um, and I also do think, I mean, let's be honest here, Jez. I, I think in their next quarterly report, they were going to have some really, really tough uh, hardware decline revenue. Because yep. they aren't selling a lot of Xboxes. And this is also a way to basically say... Not not have to report that or not have to show that. That basically like, oh yeah, harder word declined by $300 million, which means they sold, you know what I mean? So, I mean, it does, this basically is a move to to help kind of smooth that out. Now, I what I do, it's like, yeah, what I kind of wish was for them to change, if you aren't given that metric and everything's about like subscriptions and all that stuff, why not just be like, hey, here's the number for Xbox Game Pass subscribers. And then you can have that number uh, increase or decrease going forward. And that would be a good indicator of growth. You know, like, hey, we had 8 million in quarter one, up to 10 million in quarter two, up to 14 million in quarter three. That would be a good, uh, you know, uh, indicator of growth. But people also look at it wrong. It's not that Microsoft is really hiding information because they can't because the revenue will come out at the SEC, right? Is that this rep- they are really kind of putting everything out, th- and I mean everything, and I don't really mean everything, but. Look at it like this. They're reporting on growth of revenue, right? So what happens if they don't have revenue growth? What happens if everything regresses from year to year? Those reports are going to look absolutely horrific if revenue from, from Xbox decreases every single year and quarter to quarter. I mean, that'll that'll get out. Like, so <laughs> if... if, if like if there's a big downturn, people will know about it because it'll be shown off in the thing. So it's not like Microsoft is skating by and like trying to fool everybody. They're basically they're basically putting their foot down and be like, "We're going to grow and we're going to make more money every single year than the previous year because this is the one metric that we want to spotlight." And they better be right that they're going to grow because if they don't grow, then the only metric they have is going to be a negative one. Right? Yeah. So they they better be careful. They better. I mean, they better hope that they their plan. You know, because they say they have a plan and they're just executing. They better hope that all this stuff is going to bring in way more money. Because if it doesn't, then those reports are going to look real, real bad. And Space Jesus says, "Well, they'll change the metric again, Rand. I don't know what they can change the metric to again." You went from reporting Xbox hardware numbers to not reporting them. You went from reporting monthly active users to not reporting them. And now you literally have the one area that is supposed to be imp- like important to them, which is growth. And if you don't grow, well, what's the other metric? Nothing? That wouldn't be a really good look. So I'm just saying, you'll know, you'll know soon enough. You'll know eventually whether or not this is all working out for them. Because it'll either be like... There's no growth, and Xbox is in a bad position, or, hey, they're growing every single year, and they're making a ton of money. Either way, I mean, I, I think, what was it? 
you know, for for as bad as people say Xbox is doing this generation, I think uh, overall they make more money than everybody except for Tencent and Sony. Am I am I correct in that, Jez? In terms of gaming? Yeah, in terms of so, in yeah. terms of gaming revenue. I think so. Yeah. So I mean, for a, for a failed company like a lot of people think Xbox is, they're doing pretty all right. Yeah, they're the third biggest, third you know. In terms of revenue, they're the third biggest. Tencent, Sony, and then Microsoft. So, they ain't doing bad. And it takes a lot to kill a company that big. You know, like, for example, the Dreamcast killed Sega, but the Wii U was nowhere near killing Nintendo. Because Nintendo is just a massive company. They've got billions of dollars in savings. They could run at a deficit for decades, I'm sure I read somewhere. Because of how big they've been in the past, you know. So, like, whereas, like, a Wii U would have killed Sega, and we did with the, with the Dreamcast, well, it didn't even kill Sega. They sort of, they just changed their business model and became a publisher, you know. But they couldn't sell consoles anymore. But Nintendo can weather that storm. And Microsoft, obviously, is one of the few companies that can seriously waste money. I mean, Bing wasn't profitable for, what, eight years or something? That's the definition of loss leader right there. So... I think there's a lot of fake concern. Uh, I see, I see, like I always see a lot of people on Twitter saying, like, "Oh my God, how are you making money with this? Like, I'm so worried about Xbox and stuff like that." It's like, come on, <laughs> this company's worth a trillion dollars. What, what are you playing at? It's this concern troning. That's what it's called. A lot of people concerned about uh, Xbox. A lot of people concerned about the success. Or at least the they they view the success of Gears. I've never seen so many concern threads pop up at the same time on Reset Era. Like so concerned, and I mean there are there. I mean the, look, I lo- I really like Gears of War a lot. Yeah, like Gears Five. Like if that's the template of like first party and the type of quality that they're gonna have moving forward, that's gonna be like awesome. But I mean, I do have, there are some things, like, problems with it. Like, all the server issues and problems with the game they have. I don't think that's really cool. Like, I would hope that you would have a more, you know, uh, stable launch. Especially if you're, if you're advertising people to play Game Pass and play it early. But then, like, your servers aren't, like, stable enough to actually, you know, handle the influx of people. that are going to be playing your game through Game Pass early. Then maybe don't advertise Game Pass early. I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it just, it's like, if you're going to advertise it, make sure you can actually, you know, provide that service. And there's way too many people that have issues that are tied to, like, I don't know, a bad update or, or whatever. But then some of the microtransactions, I know that's a big, big cause of debate. Um, like, you go into the store and there's like, you can get five skins in this for 25 bucks. I mean that's expensive. Like considering the game itself costs sixty bucks, and you're selling like five digital skins and an emote for twenty five bucks. I think that's kind of outrageous. But I mean, at the same time, it's cosmetic. So I, like, I know a lot of people will be like, "Well, you're just hand waving it away by saying it's cosmetic, right?" Um, and I just. I don't know, like, I, I, I just can't find it in, in me to care about cosmetic stuff because it doesn't bother me. 
You know what I mean? Like, I was pissed about the Star Wars Battlefront 2 cards in the loot boxes because I thought that was egregious because it changed the gameplay of the game, right? And, like, Fallout... It's funny because Fallout 76 right now, while the rest of us have moved on and forgotten about Fallout 76, they're slowly creeping in pay-to-win stuff in the store. Like, they've got, like, a a bunch of gameplay-changing stuff now that you can buy with real money because, like, the cosmetics weren't selling enough or something... Or the cosmetics just... I don't know. But now they've got, like, game mechanics which you can buy as add-ons which cost money. Which they said they wouldn't do. So, I think it's like... People... Part of it is worrying about that slippery slope. Because Todd Howard said, oh yeah, our, our Fallout 76 things are cosmetic. But then they weren't. So, like, you, then you start to wonder, like, whether it be a slippery slope, stuff like that. I don't think Microsoft would get away with that. And... On the one hand, it's kind of annoying, but on the other hand, it's like, well, do you want this live service with three maps and, you know, all this extra stuff? And do you want those devs to get paid? Well, if you want them to get paid, then there's got to be some kind of revenue stream on top of the game itself. So, I don't know. Yeah. Got another one of those uh, scam calls. Scam likely. They're trying to scam me again, Jez. The different one, too, because I blocked blocked the caller on the last one, but... um, (laughs) Yeah, so Silverback says, your mods suck. Say something negative about Sony, great. Say something negative about Microsoft, but you get banned. Um, look, all I said was that uh, if you're going using the term pony and Xbox to describe fans of either platform, I don't really like that. So I told people to, uh, you know, uh, time people out if they use that uh, sort of, that language, including like vulgar language, like, you know, racist terms and stuff. There's better ways to discourse about something but if you don't say that and if you're just put your opinion out there then i'm fine like i don't have an issue with people saying something about ne- uh, negative about sony or something negative about microsoft let's microsoft is an angel here there's plenty of negative things you can say about microsoft and i'm just saying there's just you know there's certain rules you have to kind of abide by and um that's one of them so if you said it multiple times and they give you a fair enough warning, then I'm sorry. If you really want to uh, be unbanned, I'll unban you. Just uh, DM me on Twitter and I'll remove, you know, I'll unban your account. But um, yeah, I, I'm no nobody gets banned here for having a negative opinion about Microsoft or Sony. Uh, so yeah, that's that's not it. You will get banned if you have a negative opinion about Monster Hunter, though. Or yeah, Je- Jez will ban you for it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so what were we talking about? I, I kind of, uh, gears, gears, gears. Yeah. It's the microtransaction stuff. Like, stuff, uh, man. it's just cosmetic. I just can't, I just don't care about cosmetics. It, 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 I, I just can't find it within me to like even muster like a fake outrage about it because I look at them just like what I, and I understand like some of that stuff used to be given away for free. Like, I know it's it's it does come across as a bit greedy to me, like you're selling micro, you're selling flags, country flags, and you're selling them for seven bucks a piece. It's like see that that is like why couldn't they're putting, they're putting a premium on country pride there? It was like why not why not just give those why not just let people have that? Why you know country flags? I'm not saying like everything needs to be free, but like so if I want to like a, put a three D skin. Sell that because that costs. That's work. But yeah. like a flag, that's a that's a 
that's a PNG, man. I could make that. I would, if, seriously, I would, I'm offering my services to the coalition right now. If you want PNG flags, I'll make them in Photoshop. I'll do it for free. So yeah. people can have them for free. It just, it just seems a tad bit greedy to me. Like, I don't know why the flags are locked behind $7. You know, and I, they have this whole thing where it's like, oh, we have all this free stuff. Supply drops, and then, like, all the stuff you can get in tour duty with the challenges, and the stuff in the premium stuff. Like, so, as long as it's cosmetic, I don't care. But some of it, like, some of the prices, and I've said that with Fortnite. Like, $20 for a single skin, I, I'm going to say what it is. It's greedy. But that seems to be the business model that everybody kind of accepts. Fortnite made all that money. You know, I think the flags should be free. And even like the other flags, like the pride banners and stuff that you need to, you know, require a certain amount of like scrap or whatever to craft. Those should probably be free too. Or at least you should be able to pick one and actually have it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I want I want this Mexico flag. I'm going to pick that, and that's the one free one you get. And then if you want other flags, maybe they're two bucks a piece or something. Not like you're locked out from showing your, your civic pride if you pay us $7. It just I didn't seems realize to that me. The pri- even, the, even the pride flags cost The pride money. flags were – you can't buy them. They're not premium content, but I don't think they're earnable. I think they're only one of the things you can get is by crafting them, which is by getting duplicates of the same cards you already got. So, yeah. So that's still greedy because they're they're sort of like, you know, they're buying your time basically. So or selling, I don't know. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's like, like yeah, you can say it's just cosmetic. You can't really complain, but still, it's I'm not really complaining. I'm just looking at them like it just seems a tad bit greedy. But I mean, there, there's ways they can make it better. At least it's not loot boxes. I mean, that's great. You know, uh, I, I hate loot boxes. I hate loot boxes in any game. I, I don't think they're worthwhile. It's just. Yeah, I just I just look at some of the stuff and I'm like, it could be cheaper. Like the flags could be a dollar, or they could be free. Like I, I don't know. Like seven dollars seems way too expensive. But uh, moving on, Ming, Miggy D with the super chat says there are some of these points Jim Sterling mentioned. Yeah, that's right. There was two very prominent YouTubers this week that put out uh, negative Xbox videos. One from Jim Sterling, which basically said Microsoft is the reason video games are bad now. <laughs> which I'm sure maybe I watched. And I don't know if you watched Jazz. Um, nah, I couldn't be bothered. I, I mean, he, he basically said that Microsoft is one is one of the contributors to the normalization of uh, microtransactions and loot boxes. Um, well, this generation. of course they are. Of course they are. Well, not even this generation. Microsoft basically invented it. They were the first company that allowed developers to sell micro DLC for Xbox Live. They did it on the 360, and then Bethesda were like, oh. Let's try and make some horse armor. They made some horse armor, sold millions of them, and then everyone sort of realized, you know what? We can sell tiny little packages of DLC and make a ton of extra money on top of the game sales here. So yeah, yeah, Microsoft basically invented that. They basically invented that. But at the same time, it's kind of like, well, if you want these massive experiences with higher fidelity graphics, you want these developers to not have to work themselves to death to get your little games and stuff like that. If you want them to actually make a decent living for the amount of joy they bring into the world, I'm okay with it, personally. I like, Microsoft does things like make the adaptive controller. They do things like provide... Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo, they provide billions of hours of fun in a world that is otherwise a load of crap. So... 
I'm okay with them making a bit of money on the side with flags and stuff like that. Yeah, it's greedy, but at the same time, it's kind of like this industry needs to grow, you know. And game game costs are spiraling out of control. If you want games, people cried like little children when Mass Effect Andromeda's faces weren't next gen enough. You know, they cried about it, like whined and whined about it. And I'm sure some of these YouTubers put out videos about how bad it was. But at the same time. They don't want the companies to invest more money and stuff. And you could argue that, yeah, maybe they shouldn't pay out so much dividends to investors. Yeah, maybe EA executives don't need to be paid as much bonuses and they should redistribute that money instead. But unfortunately, that's capitalism, baby. And then we get reductive. And then we get like, we can get into the real nitty gritty of that. And ultimately... And I don't know if Microsoft is really here to solve everything that's wrong with society through the medium of gaming. So I think it makes for a great YouTube video, great headline, a great title. But I think when you really get into it, I don't think it's as big of a deal, personally. Ruined gaming? I don't think so. Well, his whole stance is that a $60 product, everything within that $60 product except for expansion packs should be free. So he, he has this whole stance that microtransactions in a triple a video game you know because that's all that's all jim like that is something he won't stand for and i mean yeah microsoft were at you know they were doing stuff with rise they were doing stuff with uh their own games i mean he brings up local cycle in this video it's like i get it like local cycle is a horrible video game and microsoft hasn't had the best generation putting out quality video games like i get it but if you're talking about like the rise of microtrans. Here's the way I look at it is <clears throat> I think Microsoft is culpable to an extent because they allow these things to happen on their platform, but then they encourage it. Well, they here's the other thing. It's like who benefits from microtransactions in games? The per- the people selling the microtransactions and the people benefiting from them. So it's Microsoft and it's also Sony. Like, you don't, nobody talks about that really. They talk about, well, Microsoft had microtransactions in Rise. Microsoft had, you know, loot boxes and gears. They had the microtransactions in Halo, which they made that stupid, condescending, like, oh, this is microtrans, the, the, that stupid, like, if you guys remember, like, animated video about Halo 5, right? Yeah, Microsoft was at the forefront of microtransactions this gen, right? But then I also look at it as like, well, Sony had micro. And this isn't like an if and or. It's like Sony had microtransactions in Uncharted 4 and, and Last of Us part, you know, Last of Us multiplayer and stuff. But I always look at it like Microsoft and Sony allow these companies to put in a lot of their stuff. They directly benefit both of them from the sale of microtransactions and loot boxes and stuff. So when someone buys a $20 loot skin on PlayStation Network, Sony takes a 30% cut. When that same skin sold on Xbox... Microsoft takes a 30% cut. So guess what? They're as culpable for the rise of all this stuff as the people making it because they're benefiting just as much, if not more, than any of these companies because they're taking a cut from all of the loot boxes and all of the microtransactions on every single one of the games across their entire platform. It's They basically enabled it. If Microsoft and Sony would have came out and said, no, that's not going to be... We're not, you know... 
that's not going to be on our platform. You're not going to be able to sell that. Sorry, then it wouldn't exist. But because the two platform holders are essentially the three with Nintendo all allow it because Nintendo sells microtransactions with, you know, Fortnite, then the three platform holders, like, just give us more money because that's at the end of the day what happens. You know, more money. They, you know, it is what it is, man. Um, Shout out to Darge Knight. Evening, gentlemen. We appreciate the uh, super chat, brother. Uh, hope you're enjoying the show. And if you guys are enjoying the show at home, make sure you hit the like button. Uh, it really does honestly help out. And, uh, you know, share this out. Subscribe to the channel. Follow Jez on Twitter. All that information. Hey, if you want to listen to the podcast later, if you don't want to be here live. Uh, Jez, recently, we put it up on Spotify. So you can listen to it on iTunes. You can listen to it on Spotify. You can listen to it on Google Play. Um, you can listen to it on SoundCloud. You can listen to it pretty much where, whatever podcast app you want. Because I know people, you know, they're watching at mobile streaming data and stuff like that. It's not always the best. Uh, me and Jez, like, all we care about is that you watch the show, you enjoy the show. We don't necessarily care if you watch live. Just watch it whenever you want to watch it and enjoy it, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which is why we offer that, you know, for those that want to watch it later. I mean, because people do. I mean, we I think we get like 3,000 downloads. Uh, usually an episode, um, you know, from like iTunes and other things. So it's like, it's, it's not, yeah. So it's, it's all, it's all pretty good. So as far as that, like the Jim Sterling thing, he has some points. He does the clickbait thing over the top. Triple A. And I like Jim Sterling. I like, I've been watching his videos for a long time. I was read his articles back when he was on Destructoid. It doesn't get me upset when anybody does this kind of stuff. I just kind of like, look at it as like, Hey man, Sony and Microsoft, they benefit from this as much as the, all those other companies. They're as part to blame it's, it's, as anybody it's, is. It's, it's, you, when you actually get back to the source, you end up just in a reductionist loop. It's kind of like if Microsoft didn't do it first, Tencent would have done it first. Maybe Tencent would have done it even worse. You know, maybe it would have been 10 times worse if Tencent had done it. Maybe EA would have done it. Maybe Steam would have done it, you know, because Steam has its whole Steamworks thing and they sell all DLC as well. You know, it's like, it's easy to point the finger and it's easy to hate on Microsoft because it's just a meme, you know. Everyone hates on Microsoft and it's great content. You know, PC gamers hate Microsoft, Sony gamers hate Microsoft, and they are the majority of gamers. So it is what it is. But, you know, it's just capitalism at the end of the day. So, if we really want to get into it, let's bring the whole system down. Let's bring the whole system down and have government agencies make video games that are free from loot boxes and, you know, they can be regulated and every game has the same budget and we won't have to worry about any of this evil capitalism stuff. No, no, no. I don't, I don't want the government involved with video no, games no, no, whatsoever. No, no, no. I don't want that. No, no. Like, like, the, want, like <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, Humans, especially corporate, like people are greedy. People are insanely greedy. So look at like what like EA and Activision do. They they try to take as much as they could possibly get until they overstep their bounds. Like they thought loot. Like EA was like, we're gonna loot. Oh, loot boxes are great. Surprise mechanics are amazing. And then they went the one step too far by offering cards in the loot boxes that actually impact gameplay. Because hey, that's accepted on mobile. Because mobile is this pay-to-win model, right? And the games are free for the most part. But that's not accepted in, you know, on the PC or Xbox or PlayStation. So they went too far. And suddenly now everyone's like, gambling, gambling, gambling. All because of that. And now you have these regulations and you have, like, the government looking into it. It's all because 
of greed. They went too far. They had this good thing that was working. They took that extra step that they shouldn't have taken, and it bit them in the hand. Now they got to backtrack. Now you have people at like E3 in these press conferences when like there's microtransactions in the game and they celebrate the f- like well at least we don't have loot boxes like that's something to be like excited about like we don't have loot boxes you shouldn't have you know what i mean like that's not a like a good yeah it's a good thing you don't but the fact that we're applauding people for not putting on in, in loot boxes is ridiculous in my opinion right mm-hmm. so like they yeah. went too far they got screwed for it and now they're paying for the consequences. And hopefully we don't have to pay for more consequences and the government actually having to regulate the video games because the ESA should have been doing it because that's what they were supposed to be doing. You know, you got to be looking out to the consumers somehow. And some of the stuff that they were doing with loot boxes was egregious. Even some of the stuff they do in like NBA 2K is egregious. Um, but then there was the other video by Video Game Donkey, who actually I watch a lot of his videos. I found the dude completely funny. I watched his fall of xbox video now you may wonder to yourself hey rand why are there so many like negative xbox videos that come out you know why why like why do people keep on beating that dead horse and it's because well it's not dead because like it just says and youtube is kind of admitted outrage gets a lot of clicks and clicks equals ad revenue and ad revenue is money baby and you know what is always good is bashing on Xbox. You know what's good about bashing on Xbox? Oh, baby, it gets you clicks. And those clicks brings you monies, right? So it's always good to, you know, if, if you don't, if you think like, man, my, my, what is there to talk about on YouTube? And sometimes there's really nothing. And then a YouTuber will come out with, you know, real, real opinion, you know, like Xbox sucks or something about Xbox and how it blows now. They had literally nothing else they could talk about, but they went to the, the, the well that they knew would get views because those type of videos do, and they knew would make money. Like, look, Xbox had a pretty bad generation. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how many times it needs to be said. I'm certainly not going to make a video about it all the time. I've, I've said my piece. I haven't liked the game's last couple years. You know, I... Like... They haven't really created a lot of new IP. There's a lot of things that uh, Microsoft did wrong this gen. I'm not going to constantly make videos about it and be like, they're the cause of all the gaming problems in the world or, you know. But, like, Donkey's video was funny. Go ahead, Jez. It just makes me sad, you know. Because I I said to you before, like, I worked with the guy with brittle bone disease who really benefited from the Xbox Adaptive Controller. And like Microsoft didn't have to make that, they they could have just you know plowed all their money, all their all that R and D money, into like I don't know, more ways to sell Xbox Game Pass or ways to make loot boxes less or more palatable to angry gamers. They could have invested it like that, but they invested it in technology that helps people access fun. You know, there there are companies out there that deserve our ire like Monsanto and Nestle and stuff like that. I don't know how you can get so mad at loot boxes. Like, yeah, they suck, but 
do you have to like have all this righteous indignation about it? People Can't pretend people pretend it? to have righteous in, in, indignation about it because they know other people are that upset about it, and they use their outrage the to thing, drive. Man. I mean, that that's how the quartering oh. that's how the quartering exists. I I like you know. I, spoke, I speak to people on YouTube uh, on Twitter about um, some of this stuff sometimes, and I just go like, "Why are you so mad?" And sometimes they just go like, "You know what? Actually, I don't know." I don't know why I'm so mad. And it's just because, like, social media has this effect on you of sort of pigeonholing you into an opinion. Just because, like, everyone else feels this way, you feel like, oh, I, I shouldn't break the mold. I should feel that way as well. Because it's 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 effortful and sometimes depressing to have an opinion that no one else seems to have, you know. Like, I would, like, probably be a lot more chilled out and less stressed if i was covering playstation because i wouldn't have to feel like i'm having to explain all this stuff over and over again you know Man. about why xbox isn't dying and why like i get people in my dms concerned because i saw a youtube youtube video saying xbox is in trouble and stuff like that and it's just like you know they're not it's it's okay you know there, there are things going on in the world that really do deserve your attention, like the Amazon rainforest on fire. As a, some like it's just yeah. tough for me to pretend to overtly care about a lot of stuff. Like you know what I mean? Like microtransactions. Like I don't. It's it, I can't get. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm different about it. I just I I just I I don't get the outrage. I mean I get it. It's like some people are. And you know, I, but like. A lot of people was, take a lot of people take advantage of other people's outrage, and they make videos about right. it, and they kind of play into all that stuff. Um, I know, was genuinely pissed about the the Battlefront thing. Well, no, like, I, I was I was pissed too because with the Battlefront thing, I was thinking like, all right, so if we allow this, where it's pay to win, where you can actually someone who pays a lot of money can get a better character, and that's accepted, then it's only a matter of time before every other publisher and every other developer includes that in their games to get more money. So then, you know, competitive multiplayer is essentially ruined at that point. That was kind of my whole thing, uh, was that it was going to ruin, you know, the multiplayer. And people, it was, but p there was bite back on it and people didn't, people were like, no, th this, 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 this far, no further. And you know that then then people went people went to Disney about it. I mean, we know what all happened about it, and they were like, "We can't have this." And yeah, it became this huge big thing. Um, but I mean, as for Donkey's video, I mean, I thought Donkey's video was incredibly funny. I mean, he, there's there's a lot of points made in the video that y you watch it and you're like, "Yeah, I mean, it's pretty true." The only thing I kind of took issue with was like, I think you said like Gears Five was just an Xbox 360 game uh, with the new fre fresh cone of paint, while at the same time praising the shit out of Uncharted 4 as being, like, innovative and stuff. And I'm just like, e I wouldn't do that. But that's, like, pretty pretty much the only thing I would say is, like, yeah, I mean, you look at, like, what Microsoft brought with the, the original Xbox and all the games and all the exclusives that they had to, like, what they did with the 360 as time went on, which I've talked about. Like, by the end of the 360 gen, I mean, it was all just connect. Microsoft didn't care one bit for the hardcore gamers that had got them to where they were. And it was all about that casual dollar with the stupid connect and everything they were making there. And it was just like, oh, man. And then and then they built the system 
you know, that relied on this casual, stupid connect for casual people, but they priced it at this insane hardcore price. And, and in doing so, they basically, what's the word I'm looking for? They, um, compromise the system in comparison to the PlayStation, which you're still seeing effects of today when Borderlands 3 in 2019 on the base PS4 runs at 1080p and the Xbox One version runs at 900p. It's like, what were you thinking? And when you listen to interviews with Phil and everybody else, it's like, yeah, the uh, brass at the time were completely out of touch with what Xbox gamers wanted. You're like, yeah, no shit. No shit you were. You're you're be like, let's make Dance Central and stupid Star Wars dancing game and all these stupid ass connect bullshit. Oh my god, I forgot about that Star Wars dancing game. Like, come on, <laughs> come on, man. Like there there is some truth to all that to all that stuff. I mean there is, uh, there is, there is and, truth. And they're like, they, they they paid for it. They they're like, paying for that shit now, man. I mean, come on. Yeah. There is there just comes a point where you have to like move on, I think. And, like, Phil Spencer's Microsoft has pretty much proven that it's not the Microsoft of old. Like, Microsoft's, like, do we have to punish Microsoft forever? It feels like some people just want to punish Microsoft for the, the whole Internet Explorer thing in the 90s. Well, I think I think, yeah. I think think people just want a punching bag. There's always got to be a punching bag. Uh, and, but and there was a reason why I brought up the Switch earlier when I talked about how, you know, the Wii U failed. But look what they are with the Switch. There's always... You know, the this this there's the setback and then the comeback, right? I mean, every single one of, every every single one of these companies has stumbled at some point. You know, PlayStation 3, Sony stumbled because they got so arrogant that they thought people would pay $600 for a video game system that had nothing, right? Yeah, yeah, eventually they turned it around and they're seeing success with the PlayStation. You know, Nintendo, they put out the GameCube, which was you know, nowhere near as good as or as successful as their previous systems. And then they had the Wii U generation. They failed. It's it's not... And then you have Microsoft. The third console curse. It always tends to happen with the third console. You know, they it, it just sucks that they ruined this important generation with digital attachment and all this digital library stuff going in the next gen. But it's this was the gen, the gen they shouldn't have lost because this is the this is the generation where lots of things are going to change and stuff like that, and like we can't we've gone over this a million times, but I don't know. I just think like they're just Microsoft. They don't really deserve all this permanent hatred. It's really funny because Minecraft like Minecraft went out of fashion a bit in 2014, and now it's like really back in fashion again, and people forget like. Nobody credits Microsoft with any of that. Like that, literally, like nobody even associates Minecraft with Microsoft. But it is honestly the way Phil's positioned Microsoft, um, Minecraft, and the, you know all the technology that they've poured into the game that has sort of enabled it to flourish like this. The fact that it's on Switch with full crossplay and stuff like that—that's all Microsoft technology. But like, no one, no one cares. No one cares about no one that cares. stuff. No one cares. No one cares. Yeah, because it It's not. It's not for a great YouTube video. Like if if I made a video saying like, these are all these are all the cool things Microsoft have done for gaming in the last ten years or whatever. It'd like get hated to hell, because it's not cool to like Microsoft. You know. Yeah. It's not cool to like them, bro. Bro. <sighs> oh, I'm just well. saying, you never know what's gonna happen. <clears throat> like, Mike. You know Later. the the setback. 
was Xbox One the comeback? Is Xbox Scarlet and what they're doing in the future? And then people will be like, what? How, how could Xbox come back? I thought they were dead. It's like, well, did you think Nintendo was dead with the Wii U and Sony died with the PlayStation 3? You never know what the future brings. Um, no, you don't. And the future is pretty bright from where I'm saying. Yeah, so you know what? Let's uh, let's take some questions, and then we'll get out of here for a podcast that we weren't even really supposed to do today. So hit us up with any uh, any questions you may have. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, make sure you hit the uh, like button, uh, subscribe to the channel, uh, follow Jez or myself on Twitter, uh, all that good stuff. So get some questions in here, and we'll get out of here in a few minutes, two hours, and be about that uh, you know that 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 kind of time limit. Which you know um, for for not 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 having any like topics, Jez, we uh, we wing this one pretty good. <laughs> Yep, that's how I really treat life, is winging it, pretty much. Winging it? Yeah, me too. <laughs> I wing it. I wing it as well. Winging it, baby. Yeah. Let's get some questions on the go. Rusty Bullet says, great show, guys. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. And Ernie says, this is why Jez mutes morons on Twitter. You don't got time for that nonsense. I mute a lot of people on Twitter, too. Um, I am... Um... Yeah, I, I'm just like, I'm trying to honestly reduce the amount of negative stuff in my life because I'm just like too stressed out for it. And I've I so much to do on a daily basis. And there are just people that you can't, you just annoy them. Like you, there's nothing you, I've just discovered there's just nothing you can do. Some people will just hate you no matter what. And like, maybe I deserve it. I don't know. But it's just, I'm just being myself and I'm just doing my best, you know. And I've just discovered there's just like there are just people who like they don't want their opinions changed. They don't they don't want any of that. What they want is to just test out their own sort of ability to test their own opinions and see how well they can argue a point that they're never gonna change. That's what social media is. It's basically screaming into the void a lot of the time. So I just wanna like speak to friends, talk about games and focus on the positive stuff. Social media can be a great tool. You just have to use it correctly. Yeah. Uh, AM wants to know any excitement for Inside Xbox next week. That's right. There's an Inside Xbox episode on the 24th, the same day that Sony is doing a state of play, which is also the same day that the press is seeing Last of Us Part 2. So. Well, we all know who's the narrative that's going to come out of that one. <laughs> but um, I don't. I hope. Why are they doing an inside Xbox? Have they got something big to show? I doubt they have anything. I mean, they just casually dropped that there was an inside Xbox this week, so I doubt there's anything noteworthy. I mean, I, I don't very, know. It's very strange. It's very strange. Maybe it's to announce xCloud beta dates or something? Well, yeah, so that was the question that Gunstar wanted to know. xCloud launches next month. When do we hear anything about it? Right, so I would guess then that maybe this inside Xbox is going to be all about xCloud and like what you need to do, what phones are compatible maybe, because I imagine there's going to be a pretty limited amount of stuff to start with, limited regions. Maybe they'll do city by city or country by country, I don't know. But it's like it doesn't seem like to me that it's just going to be available everywhere straight away. I think there's going to be a huge amount of convolution to start with and also there's not going to be any iPhone support. So sorry, Apple fans, but you're out of the party for the starting beta tests. 
And now that Apple's got its whole Apple Arcade thing, do they really want xCloud on their platform? I don't think so. So I think uh, you might not even see xCloud on iPhone, to be quite honest I with mean, you. They, but I mean, then again, they did, you know, they do have support for Xbox controllers. Oh, big whoop. You know. Well, I mean, <laughs> me, you know, I mean, there's always give and take, Jazz. Always give and take. Yeah, well, I will. I would not be put it this way. I would not be shocked if XCloud never comes to iPhone. Now that we've got Apple Arcade, I would not be shocked. But who knows? I mean, I yeah, Crazy. I guess it's possible. I don't expect it to be an iPhone day one. At least, I, who knows? Like you said, they got an Apple Arcade that they get. They got their own thing. Uh, so who knows if it will? Um, thank God for Android, eh? Thank God for Android. Nine Lives Two One Zero wants to know what Xbox Game Studio has a chance to take the next step. Oh well, I, I would say that the Coalition stepped out of the 360 era very, very much with Gears Five, or at least they dipped their toe in in the next era by experimenting with more advanced gameplay mechanics. I would like. I would hope that sort of playground. I mean, this is a, this is a weird one to say because playground games have obviously made some of the best, most well-received Xbox games of the generation with Forza Horizon. But I'm really like sort of the next step for them is becoming a multi-studio studio and having like multiple games on the go at one time, like Forza Horizon and maybe Fable. I'd love to see them to really nail that first outing into RPG world and stuff like that. But, like, probably if you weren't thinking of Playground and stuff like that, taking that next step, maybe from the mid-tier studios, personally, I would like to see Undead Labs get to the next level because State of Decay 2 was barely better than State of Decay 1, in my opinion. I'm a huge State of Decay fan, but you can't deny that it wasn't the most polished or, you know, technically advanced game but again, it was also their first time working with the Unreal Engine. So I would hope that the next State of Decay game really does, you know, get to the level of quality that it really needs to be. What about you, Rand? What about you, pal? Um, you pouring one out for Compulsion? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm always on a wait-and-see approach with uh, Compulsion. Um, I really am looking for um, Playground. Like, I know you mentioned that. Um, to see if they can actually uh, make something that isn't a racing game and actually make something, you know, amazing, you know, highly acclaimed, right? That that'll be like a good sign that they can step forward. So I already I already have a high opinion of uh, of um, the coalition, or you know, a high opinion of Ninja Theory and Obsidian. Although with the Outer Worlds, uh, maybe the Obsidian could take a leap in a lot of other people's eyes. Um, yeah. So, like, I already I have a high opinion of the Coalition. I have a high opinion of Ninja Theory and Obsidian. I have a high one of Playground, but they can even jump higher depending on what happens with their RPG. I mean, Compulsion, if you want to go with the low of the low, Compulsion games, they probably have the most to essentially prove and improve upon. So, yeah. and then Undead Labs with what they did with State of Decay 1 and State of Decay 2, there's clearly, it's like, okay, this is what you guys have done. And you said, like, these things were problems, you know, like, now you have the budget, like, okay, you can make that jump, you become better, do you just, are are you just the same? So mainly those, but I, you know, I'm kind of more like, can playground games become 
not just an amazing racing studio, but like an amazing, like one of the best studios in gaming period. If they nail that RPG, they will be. They'll be up there with like all the other great studios out there. So, um, yeah. let's see. Um, let's see. Um, let's see. Ernie, Ernie wants to know thoughts on Alan Wake DLC for Control. Maybe Quantum Break later. Um, yeah, it looks like one of the DLCs. We <clears> talked <throat> about this last week. One of the expansions on Control looks like it's going to feature Alan Wake. Maybe it's a story set up for an Alan Wake 2. I'd love that. Um, and Chris Bubon wants to know, with Outer Worlds being day and date in Game Pass, do you think gamers on other platforms will complain for having to pay? Uh, I don't, I don't think, so. think so. I mean, if if they have access to a PC, like I know a lot of a lot of gamers, a lot of PC gamers complain that uh, Outer Worlds was on Epic only, right? So if those gamers want, like they can play it for super cheap on the Xbox store or the, the PC windows store. Um, yeah. You know, like, but I don't know like what PC gaming, like pe- when people talk about PC gaming, they think about like $5,000 rigs. They think about like spending loads of money on a graphics card that like weighs more than the, the PC tower and stuff like that. But the fact of the matter is most PC gamers, the vast majority are running 1080p systems and they're pretty thrifty. You know, they'll wait for Steam sales on games and stuff like that. So, like, if Xbox Game Pass actually does offer decent value for money and they can jump in and jump out of that sort of subscription based on what games are in there and stuff, I think PC gamers would be, like, in general, a lot happier to pick it up on the on the um, Xbox Game Pass for PC rather than Epic Game Store. I think cause just, just on the pure basis that it offers decent value. The one thing, the one piece of the puzzle that's missing from uh, the Microsoft Store, or the rather the, the new Xbox Game Store, is like mod support. But I've seen like hints in the code for some uh, Windows builds that mod support for the uh, the new Xbox app on PC is on the way. So, you know, Microsoft's talked about it publicly before, I think. But I think that stuff's going to be here sooner rather than later. And I think, like, when they start working, you know, working some of that stuff into their systems on PC, I think people won't mind so much, you know. Mm. I hate the Epic Game Store because they won't let me change my security information. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> Anyways, I think that's, uh, that's going to be it for us. Um, if you guys enjoyed the show, hit the uh, like button. Uh, if you guys are watching later on any of the other, you know, Spotify's or iTunes or any of the podcast uh, apps out there. What's going on? Hope you guys enjoyed the show as well. Um, Jazz, you got anything uh, to say before we get out of here? Nope. I'm glad to be back after my vacation. Even Well, it was only like four days. <laughs> like, I'm talking like I was gone for a month or something. But, like, it, it really was like the first decently length vacation I've had for a long time. But, you know... I'm glad to be back in the saddle. I'm reviewing a load of headsets next week, Rand. Oh, that should be fun. And, uh, and uh, writing up pre-brief on Minecon. So if you're a Minecraft fan, Minecon is on Wednesday on the 25th. And there's a lot of cool stuff coming for Minecraft fans, Rand. I, don't, I know you don't care about Minecraft. But I kind of do. I kind of like Minecraft, you know. 
Yeah, I, it's a pretty I, big game. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a pretty big game. I've heard of it. I like um. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll check out Minecraft Dungeons when it comes out. I mean, I played Minecraft. It's just not my type of game. Fair enough. You know, we can't all have good taste. I guess. I guess so. But with that, uh, we are out of here, and we will see you next week, guys. Have a good one. Happy gaming. Hugs. <laughs>